One of the biggest industries in the world is the industry of insurance. There are all kinds of insurance out there. And if you have insurance, you will be all right when disaster strikes. You need car insurance in case you get in an accident. You need health insurance in case you get sick. You need home insurance in case your house burns down or you get burglarized. You need flood insurance in case there's a flood. And you need life insurance for when you die. So there's all kinds of different insurance that you can get out there. And it's a huge, huge industry. People feel generally better when they know that they are insured, when they have the insurance that they need. And as Allstate says, you're in good hands with Allstate. Insurance is the equitable transfer of the risk of loss from one entity to another in exchange for a payment. It's a form of risk management, really, primarily used as a hedge against the risk of uncertain loss. So you make a small payment for just the insurance, for that feeling of I'm going to be taken care of if there's some type of uh, uncertain loss in the future. Now, insurance isn't a bad thing. It could be a very good thing. When you get into an accident in your car, you're glad that you have your insurance and that it's paid up, right? You're glad you made your premium payments. And if your house floods, you'll be glad to know that you did opt to get the the flood insurance if indeed you were deemed to be in a what they call a flood zone. But there is one thing that the believer in Jesus Christ needs, and it's not insurance, it's assurance. Not insurance, but assurance. As believers in Christ, we need assurance, not insurance. We need assurance in our hearts that we are God's people, that we're God's children, and that we truly have his love in our lives. Christian, again, there are many different insurances that you could buy for yourself. You could just have a whole... just bunch of insurance, all the different ways that you could be insured. But the most important thing that you and I need today is we need assurance that we are in Christ, that we have a relationship with God. Sometimes people have doubts. Doubts. Sometimes people will say, well, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian. I don't have doubts. And I say, no, a Christian has doubts. A Christian has doubts. It was the man who said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief, right? So we have doubts. And in those moments of doubt, we need to know, we need assurance of our salvation. We need assurance that we are in Christ. One of the reasons why someone may begin to have doubts is when perhaps they go through a season where They're not living the life that they know that they should be living. They're falling short of the glory, and they know it, and they feel like, oh, wow, I'm doing all this. How can God love me? How can his grace, his mercy still extend to me? And John would step into the middle of that and want us to know, want that person to know, the assurance of their salvation, to know that they truly are 
a son of God. So what is this assurance? I want this assurance, and you and I can have it today. We can have it on a daily basis. Let's look at this passage uh, in 1 John chapter 3, where Paul, uh, John, the Apostle John, tells us all about assurance in Christ. If you're taking notes this morning with me, the first point is this, God's love is heart assurance. God's love is heart assurance. Let's pick it up in 1 John chapter 3, verse 18. It says this, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. God's love is heart assurance. God wants you to have heart assurance that you are his, that you are his son, that you are his daughter, and that he is yours. The need for this assurance is that sometimes we do have doubts. Sometimes we, we fall, we fail in our walk with God. We don't measure up, and we know this as Christians, but maybe we're walking in the flesh. We're kind of off the path a little bit, and we begin to have doubts. God wants us to have assurance in our hearts and not to be condemned and not even for our heart to condemn us. So he wants us to have heart assurance. Well, what can happen in our lives when we feel those doubts coming along is it's kind of like a heart attack, only it's not a physical heart attack, it's a spiritual heart attack. John says it this way, even if our hearts condemn us, that we can have this assurance. So our hearts will sometimes condemn us, and that can be kind of like a spiritual heart attack. Our, our heart, our spiritual heart in that sense, attacks us and tries to tell us that we're no good, that we're a failure, that we could not possibly be acceptable to God. And we have this spiritual heart attack, so to speak. Remember, and I'm going to go back in time with this one, but some of you will remember the show Sanford and Son. Before there, were, before there was Rick Harrison and the Pawn Stars, there was Fred Sanford and Son. And he had his salvage yard. And if you remember anything about that show, he would always fake a heart attack. And he would kind of just do this and he would go, oh, this is it. This is it. I'm going to, this is the big one, the big one. And he was going to have his heart attack. And it was usually to get out of some type of responsibility or something that he was supposed to be taking care of or whatever it is. And his son was a smart guy and actually could see through all of his father's antics. And, uh, and I believe his name was Lamont. Remember that? Lamont. Lamont could see through Fred's fake heart attack, right? But John the Apostle is not talking about a fake heart attack here. He's talking about our, our hearts condemning us and making us feel like somehow we don't have that assurance of our salvation. John says here, God knows everything and knows our hearts and he's bigger than our hearts. 
Our Savior is bigger than our hearts. We serve a big, big God. And I know that sounds elementary, and we used to sing that to our kids. We serve, my God is so big. My God is so big. But sometimes we need to hear that, and we need to be reminded of the vastness, the bigness, the, 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 the power of God. He is, he's big, and he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful, and he's bigger, John says, than our hearts, so that we can have assurance in God that we are his. And it's our heart that is actually condemning us. And this is one of the reasons why the Bible tells us that we don't trust our heart. That, you know, people say, well, I just trust my heart. I just trust my heart. And the Bible says that the heart of man is wicked, is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Who can know it? And so I don't, don't want to be sitting in a situation where I'm trusting my heart from one minute to the next. I need, to, I need to have some other assurance. I need some other guide in my life to, to come along and provide that assurance. So sometimes our heart attack, our, our, our faith, uh, of our faith is this, when, when we lack that sense of having that heart assurance. So what is it? What is it that's going to give us that assurance? John says here, it's the love of God. It's having the love of God in our lives that is the assurance that we are his. Look at the way he says it in verse 18. He says, my little children. You have to remember, John, when he's writing these epistles, he's probably very, very up there in age. And so he is saying, my little children. I mean, it's as if some great father figure in the faith, the apostle John, who, who followed Christ, who was with him, who was the one who Jesus loved, who was there at the crucifixion, who saw him after, who was with uh, the apostles at the upper room, who saw the expansion of the church, w w went into, was put in exile on the Isle of Patmos, received the revelation, wrote the gospel of John. Now he's writing the epistles and he's saying, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but indeed and indeed and in truth and by this we know that we are of the truth that we have the love of God. If you back up to the previous verse, it says, but whoever has this world's goods and sees his brothers in need and shut, shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? So this, this, this section is talking about having, first recognizing what the love of God is, receiving it into our hearts and having that love flow through our hearts and outward to those around us. And so what John is saying here is when the doubt comes, when the spiritual heart attack comes, when the heart that wants to condemn us is, is, comes on, those thoughts of weakness, we need to have assurance in the love of God, that we've received the love of God and that we are acting out in love, that we have that love in our hearts. In fact, if you back all the way up to 1 John three sixteen, he says, by this we know love because he laid down his life for us. So this is how we even know what love is in the first place. You remember the band Foreigner. They used to sing the song, I want to know what love is. Well, John answers. He says, by this we know love. That he, Jesus, laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. So, this is what we need. The word for assure here in verse 19 is the word 
that means to persuade. It's the love of God that actually persuades us, that convinces us that we are in him, that we have truly received the love of God. God's love in us assures us or persuades us that we are in his love. And so the question this morning really is, are you persuaded? Are you persuaded that you are in the love of God, that you've received the love of God, and do you see the love of God flowing out of you? Our hard assurance is that we are walking in his love, that we're receiving it and that we're walking in it, that that love is flowing in and out of us. His love in our hearts is that assurance in our lives. So here are some good questions. Have you received God's love for you? Have you received? Now, if you're a Christian, you'd say, well, yes, I've received God's love. But sometimes we need to remind ourselves. When those doubts come on, when that spiritual heart attack comes on, when our heart is kind of undermining our faith in that sense, we need to be reminded of the love of God. We need to go back and dwell upon what God has done. We need to go back and dwell upon the cross and the the fact that he laid down his life for us. And Jesus said it this way, greater love has no one than this, than he would lay down his life for his friends. And so maybe you've received the love of God, but I want to encourage you, receive it again today. Receive the love of God right now. He loves you so much and he wants to continue to pour that love into your life, into your heart. Secondly, do you see God's love in you manifesting in love for those around us, around you? Do you, are you becoming a more loving person? Do you find yourself loving others or are you more bothered by everybody. <laughs> now that's a good question and I'm not going to ask for any raising of hands or you know just keep that one to yourself, but be honest with yourself. Don't pull the wool over your own eyes. But do you see the love of God manifesting in your life? Are you loving those around us? This is how we have heart assurance that that we have received the love of God and we're walking daily in God's love and that we have love for those around us. Because it's the love of God that transforms a life. Amen? It's the love of God that transforms a life. I just saw this video. I, I, I don't know why this is happening. Well, I do know because of all the algorithms out there on the internet. But you know, some of you know that we just got a puppy. And we've had a puppy for, I guess it's going on two months now. And so we're like dog people now. And, um, and so I googled some you watch some YouTube video of a of a dog and in little it was a little puppy and they, they were training the dog and his little his name was Cody and this dog was you know shaking and doing all this great stuff right so now I get inundated with all these um I get inundated with all these dog videos and everything so uh, I saw this video of this dog that had been rescued from some terrible terrible situation. And it was the man was trying to reach out to kind of love it. And it was just growling and just and the teeth. You could just see the teeth of this dog and, and, and um, just growling at this person. And he had like a glove on the man to protect his hand because he didn't know if he was going to be bitten. But he just kept trying to love the dog. He just kind of kept loving the dog. And it was just a matter of time 
when the dog just kind of began to calm down and, the, and he allowed the man to kind of caress his face and pat his head and pet him. And just in a little bit of time, that dog was receiving the love of this particular man that was breaking through all the hardship and probably the really rough situation that this particular dog. And sometimes we can be like that as human beings. We've been hurt. We've been going through some difficult time and we just need to receive the love of God. And don't push God's hand away. Allow him come into the everlasting arms of God and let him love you because he wants to transform your life. Amen? A uh, pastor friend of mine uh, tells a wonderful story about a man that he knew when he was a young boy, uh, about a man who would show up at this church. The man's name was Jake, and he, was, he said he was the meanest, drunkest man in town. And he would come to our church from time to time, but that was only to beat up the elders. And one Wednesday night, Jake came to church, but not to beat anybody up, Jake, that night, gave his life to Jesus. And he walked down the aisle of the little church, and he kneeled down at the altar. The next night, there was another meeting at the church. And the pastor asked if anyone wanted to share what God was doing in their lives. And Jake stood up, and he said, I have to say something. Last night when I came here, I hated you people. But tonight, I love you. I love you. And that's the love of God. That's the love of God. It's the love of God that can transform a heart and give us the assurance of our salvation. Amen? We used to sing a song in church called Blessed Assurance. And it went like this. Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is blessed assurance. If you're, now, John goes on. He says, if your heart does not condemn you, you have confidence towards God. So if you have this assurance, if you have this love of God, you can have confidence in God. You can have that assurance of your salvation. You can say, I know that I'm loved by God and that I'm saved and that I'm on my way to be with Jesus. In fact, I'm living with Jesus. I'm walking with Jesus every day right now. And you can have that assurance. It's God's love that is your heart assurance. Secondly, this morning, God's word is your assurance policy. Let's pick it back up in 1 John 3. Pick it up, verse 22. It says this, and whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is the commandment that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. God's word is your assurance policy. Every piece of insurance comes with a policy, an insurance policy. 
Well, here John tells us about our assurance policy. Amen? John seems to be quoting Jesus' idea from John 15, verse 7, where Jesus said this. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. The person who walks in this abiding in Christ, the person who, has, who walks in this kind of obedience and love, John speaks of, will also experience answered prayer. Amen. It's, it's, it's as we walk with God and we learn to, to uh, allow his will to, to mold our will. And, and, and we're going to see answered prayer in our lives. This is not because that through our love that we earn, that through our, that, that, that we earn some answer to prayer, but that the love and obedience comes from a fellowship with God, that we begin to have this close fellowship with God and we begin to ask those things. We begin to cry out for those things that, that are close to the Lord's heart, that we, that we pray in the way that God asked us to pray, that where Jesus taught the disciples, he says, when you pray, pray like this, my will, be, you know, your, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so when we learn to pray, we learn to pray first before we ever get to petition. We learn to pray for the will of God, for the kingdom of heaven to come into our lives and into the lives of the people around us, into the, the, the world. Amen. And so then after you're praying for the will of God, the kingdom of God, then you're getting around to give us this day our daily bread. So there's, there's an order to the way that we do this. And the person who's walking with God and has that fellowship with God, who, as Jesus says, is abiding in him. What's that? Abiding is living. We, we're living in Jesus. We're walking in Jesus. We're, we're, we're just being in Jesus. And when we do that, we have a closer and closer fellowship with God. Amen. John lays out the, ins the assurance policy. Every, every insurance comes with a policy. So what is the assurance policy? John tells us, he tells us that we have this assurance if we keep Christ's commandments. Look at that verse, go back, verse 22. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is the commandment that we should believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. So we learn to keep the commandments. Now you say, now wait a second. I was feeling good about being, having assurance. And now you're saying, if I keep the commandments, now I'm going to have assurance. This is the policy. But I know I can't keep the commandments. Let me, let me explain this. It's going to take about 30 seconds, but hold on here. This is good. There's one person that's, that's faithfully and perfectly kept the commandments. You see, they put the commandments, the Ten Commandments, they put them in the Ark of the Testimony, the Ark of the Commandments. And the Ark pictures our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that was made of wood and covered with gold, the two natures of Christ. And in them were the 
commandments, and he kept the commandments. Now, Jesus perfectly lived out the commandments. He perfectly walked the commandments. We are invited. We need to keep the commandments. We may not be able to, this side of heaven, perfectly keep the commandments on a day-to-day basis, but we can keep the commandments in that we can hold them close. We can revere them. We can put those things as the commandments that we're looking to in our lives, that we're gearing our life toward. And the person who has the love of God pouring into their life and the love of God pouring out of their life is a person who's wanting to keep the commandments, a person who's wanting to hold dear the commandment of Christ, amen? And the specific commandment that that John is talking about is the commandment to love one another. Remember when Jesus was with the disciples in the upper room, he says, I give you a new commandment, love one another. It wasn't a new commandment in terms of a brand spanking new commandment, like here's one hot off the press, I got a new commandment for you. No, it's a new commandment in that this is the priority. This is the, 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 the I'm, I'm putting this at the forefront, love one another. And God wants us to do that. And so we have this assurance when we keep the commandments. So do we have that commandment? Are we, are we holding that dear? Do we have that reverence for the commandment to love one another? We need to do that. In the Old Testament, there are 613 commandments. If you go through the whole Old Testament, 613 commandments. And then in Exodus 20, you have the 10 commandments. And then Jesus in Matthew 22 is asked by a lawyer, well, which one is the greatest commandment? And he answers, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And he says, the second is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. And all the law and the prophets hang on these two. And here John focuses it all the way down even to the one. Because if the one commandment is being manifest in our lives, we know what John is saying. We know that we have received the love of God into our lives. And so if we see love, the love of God transforming our lives, we should see that evidence because we love one another. Like Jake, who hated the people one night, but he shows up the next night, he says, I love you people. I love you people. This is the assurance policy. Amen? This is the assurance policy. Now, I want to uh, wrap this up with a third and final point. God's spirit is your assurance indemnity. God's spirit is your assurance indemnity. Verse 24 Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him and he in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Every insurance policy comes with a promise of indemnity. Indemnity is the promise to pay when the loss is suffered. To indemnify is for the insurance company to pay the loss suffered that is covered by the insurance, right? Our insurance in God, our assurance, has indemnity to it as well. But it's not paid when a loss is suffered. Our assurance indemnity 
is paid up front. Amen? Our, our assurance indemnity is paid up front. We're not waiting to be paid if we suffer loss. No, the Christian has received the indemnity up front. How's that? Because we have received the Holy Spirit. God indemnifies our assurance up front by giving us the Holy Spirit. Amen? John asks, how do we know that he abides in us? Because he's given us the Holy Spirit. Those who abide in Jesus know they are abiding in Jesus because the presence and the assurance of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so you have to ask yourself, have you received the indemnity? Have you received the indemnity? Do you have the Holy Spirit? This seems to go along with what the Apostle Paul was saying in Romans chapter 8. I'll read it, pick it up, verse 16. Paul says this, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. How's that? The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are his children, that we have come into his family, that his love has been poured out into our hearts and that love begins to flow through us and the spirit is given to us and this is how we know that we are his. And then Paul tells the Ephesians that the Holy Spirit was paid as a down payment for our salvation. In Ephesians 1 verse 13, he says this, in whom also having believed, you were, see were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee our of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. So God has put his spirit on deposit with you, Christian. God has put his spirit on deposit. You think about where, where, where am I going to put my money? You know, if the whole world gets crazy, where am I going to put my money? Pull it out of stocks and put it into cryptos. I don't know. Or get some gold or get some silver or get some whatever. Put it in a shoe, you know, box and under the bed or something. I don't know. Get a safe. God has put his spirit on deposit with you. And this is the amazing thing. And this is an assurance of our salvation. This is a guarantee, he says. So the only question is, do you have him? Have you received the Holy Spirit? Has the Spirit of Christ been put on deposit as an assurance indemnity in advance in your life? And that is the reality of the Christian life, that we have the Spirit of God living in us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So I don't ask you right now and invite you right now to put your trust in Christ, to put your whole trust in him, to, 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 to know today that you have assurance in him, Christian, if indeed you have trusted him with your life, that you have received his love, that his love and is flow is 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 been received by you and is going out through you to those around you that you have begun to love one another and that you have the word of God which is the policy and you have the spirit of God which is the indemnity but if you don't have any of that you can you can know that you're saved today by putting your trust in Christ by believing in him so I want to invite you to do that right now if you'll Jesus said it this way, if you'll save your life, you'll lose it. But if you'll lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. 
There's so many people trying to, to save to save the situation. And, oh, if I could just, you know, I want to secure this, I want to secure that. And in a way, that's what insurance is. It's us trying to, it's a, it's a hedge against loss. And we're trying to maintain what we got. And it's, it's, insurance is great. Praise the Lord. But what we need, what you need is assurance. Assurance of salvation. Assurance that you have the love of God. Assurance that the Spirit is living and abiding with you. And you can know that by you simply reaching out to Christ right now. Trust him with your life. Confess him as Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead on the third day, and you will be saved. And then allow God's love to truly change your life, to change your heart, and begin to love one another. Begin to love those around you. And I want to encourage you. We can reach out with the love of God. I want to leave you with this challenge this week. In some way, look for a way to reach out, to love someone in a very specific way this week and just see what God begins to do in that situation and also in your heart as you release the love of God and allow it to flow through you and having and holding that assurance in him that you are his. Amen? Amen.